Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. People today, this episode is entitled, I Don't Want to Grow Up. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? I'm going to start today by reading a clip from a book that I think you all should read. It is called The Coddling of the American Mind. How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas are setting up a generation for failure by Greg Lukinoff and Jonathan Haidt. People, this book comes unbelievably well recommended. If you look it up online, there are so many reviews by very intelligent people. And... This book is very important. I'm going to read a couple little clips from it. I want you guys to go check it out. Let's uh, go over the back of it real quick here. Finalist for the 2018 National Book Critics Circle Award. uh, Quote, this is from Michael Bloomberg. Rising intolerance for opposing viewpoints is a challenge not only on college campuses, but also in our national political discourse. The future of our democracy requires us to understand what's happening and why. The coddling of the American mind is a great place to start. That was Michael Bloomberg, 108th mayor of New York City. Something has gone wrong at many college campuses in the last few years. Something has gone very wrong on many college campuses in the last few years. Speakers are shouted down. Students and professors say they are walking on eggshells and are afraid to speak honestly. Rates of depression and anxiety are rising. How did this happen? First Amendment expert Greg Lukanoff and social psychologist Jonathan Haidt investigate the many social trends that have intersected to cause the spread of these new problems on campus, from the rise of fearful parenting to the new world of social media that has engulfed teenagers, to America's rapidly rising political polarization and dysfunction. This is a book for parents, teachers, college students, or anyone who is confused by the growing divisions within American society. Quote, Lukanoff and Haight explain the phenomenon of helicopter parenting, quote unquote, and its dangers. Children must be challenged and exposed to stressors, including different perspectives in order to thrive, unquote. That was from Susan H. McDaniel, professor at the University of Rochester and former president of the American Psychological Association. Okay, 
This is one of my favorite, favorite quotes from this book. And I'm going to read it to you right now. Okay, here we go. I don't want you to be safe ideologically. I don't want you to be safe emotionally. I want you to be strong. That's different. I'm not going to pave the jungle for you. Put on some boots and learn how to deal with adversity. I'm not going to take all the weights out of the gym. That's the whole point of the gym. This is the gym. People. What is he saying? He's saying you have to be exposed to any and all ideas. Whether you agree with them or not. Whether they are approved by the powers that be or not. He doesn't want you to be safe emotionally. Because you know what? Emotions are there to be felt. uh, Learned from. And then disposed of people that's what being an adult and taking responsibility and being free is all about developing yourself perfecting yourself so that you can make fruitful use of your freedom people freedom is something that we all take for granted in this day and age And most of us take it for granted because we've never not had it. And, you know, if you guys have never listened to a single word I've said in the past, hear me now and listen to me, please, and internalize this when I say that if we do not change course and start learning how to internalize, self-reflect, go to war with yourself, do hard things, expose yourself to new ideas, unapproved opinions, expose yourself to situations that are going to stress you, that are going to challenge you, that are going to make you feel emotions. And emotions, people, if you're, if you're an emotional decision maker, you're probably not doing too well in this life and in this world. The people that are successful in this world are able to feel their emotions, learn from their emotions, and then dispose of them and move on. They're able to stay the course. They're able to take responsibility. They thrust themselves willingly into the fire. Willing to get burnt. We all better start finding a way to get inspired and educated. And someone needs to start teaching logic and rational thought. Because I've been talking about what's going on in schools, public schools, that were already indoctrination centers in the first place. Go back and listen to my episode 5 when I talk about John Dewey, school systems. So the the model is already flawed and has been flawed ever since the beginning. 
But now it is, I mean, they're not, they're not even hiding it. They're not e- even hiding it anymore, people. They're indoctrinating your children. If you do not have enough money to send your child to a more sophisticated private institution where you are aware of the curriculum and you may possibly even have a say in it as opposed to, you know, the plebes, the proles out there that are screaming at their school boards because they're trying to put the 1619 Project and critical race theory and all this other communist subversion bullshit into the curriculum. And if you don't have a choice but to send your kids to a public school, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You, you, you ever wonder why the Democrats want to open the floodgates of immigration into this country? Because all those people are going to come over here, they're going to be poor, they're going to be looking for work, And they're going to get immediately indoctrinated and they're going to be turned into voters. For the left-wing progressive Democrat plantation, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-controlling, socialist government, world controllers, new world order, that's coming. It really is going to be a brave new world. It's going to be this new caste system where you know your role and you shut your mouth, in the words of The Rock. (laughs) but literally that's how it's going to be you're going to be beaten to a pulp forced to fall in line forced to do as you're told all of your options are going to be significantly limited much 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 more than you I think are even capable of dealing with right now because of how good you have it right here in the United States of America regardless of all of our problems we're still the best ticket in town. There may be some other places in this world that are, are, are not too far behind. Maybe. You know, China's doing pretty well for itself. Japan, I think, is doing okay now. Maybe. I guess if we're all in debt together to the IMF and the World Banks and, you know, the big the big club, then how can, you know... You ever ask yourself, you ever see... You guys ever see that clip of Jeremy Irons asking... Uh, in that interview, he was doing on some, I think it was some English news channel, and he was asking the question, like, you know, you know, who are we in debt to? All these countries in the world are all that so much money, uh, so much behind in debt that, you know, you would think that they could go belly up at any time. Who are they in debt to? That's a d- big, deep question, people. Who's the world in debt to? Maybe I'll play that clip uh, later at the end of the show today, but I don't want to get too far off topic. Today I'm talking about all you Americans, my fellow Americans, who just don't fucking want to grow up. You want to be a little bitch, crybaby, stupid, ignorant child all the days of your life. And it makes me sick. No wonder so many military members are killing themselves. No wonder... So many police officers are either going the corrupt route and helping themselves because of the complete lack of support and love or respect that they get for putting their lives on the line for you every single day, just like the military. And yeah, like I've said, there's good and bad in everything, people. Yeah, obviously, the police forces and the government, not the government, well, the government, but the police forces and the military have done a lot of fucked up shit 
obviously. But there's also a lot of good, a lot of principle, a lot of honor, duty, rational thought, desire to be vigilant in order to protect freedom. Freedom is the most important thing in this world. And if you don't know it yet, and if you fail to learn it soon, you're going to find out sooner than I think you realize how important freedom was, is, and how hard it's going to be for you to get it back if you let it fade away. You better wake up, you better grow up, whether you like it or not. Or else, you, me, all of us, people, we're fucked. And it might already be too late. It might already be too late. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just saying. Go read this book, The Coddling of the American Mind. I don't want to dwell on this moment because I got other stuff I want to go over. I'm going to move on. But I wanted to touch on that, people. I wanted to touch on that quote. You know, stop taking all the weights out of the gym. Stop nerfing the world, quote unquote, in the words of Rogan. You're not going to protect your kid, do you have you the, has the thought ever crossed your mind that you might be over protecting your child so much so to the extent that they aren't even getting to experience childhood, they're not even getting to experience life? And if that's the kind of parent you are, and you're simultaneously you're simultaneously not teaching your kid anything, if you don't, if you're not smart enough to know that. You know, yeah, I need to send my child to public school and they're probably going to learn X, Y, and Z in public school. But that's not all that I know this child needs to know in order to be a self-sufficient, courageous, connected, rational, moral person, adult in this country who, you know, we're expected to carry the torch. You're disappointing your elders right now, my fellow Americans. Because you're lost in the greed. You're lost in the ease. You're lost in the tyranny of convenience. Instant gratification. You you, you don't have any patience. You don't have any time. No one's got time. No time to think. No time to share. No time to learn. No time to care. Right? You think that bodes well for us in our future? I've said it in a previous podcast, people. China is rising. They unbelievably outnumber us. And their people are much, much more disciplined people. We ever go to war with China, people? (laughs) I don't know if it's looking so good for the U.S. of A. And you might hear me say that and you might say to yourself, oh my God, we got a defense budget of world conquest proportions, don't we? 
I don't know. Maybe it'll be a good fight. Maybe America will prevail. But do we deserve to prevail? What would that war look like? What are we fighting for? I don't know if you Americans realize how close the prospect is of if there was ever a Chinese-American war. I mean, there's a real possibility in the future of it being a war of resources. And, you know, the more that the environmentalists uh, say that, you know, the, the climate's changing, the temperature's rising of the planet, you know, scientists apparently are saying, I just read a thing the other day, I'm going to actually read it to you here in a little bit, um, about how pff, the clock's ticking. If we don't reverse some of these man-made trends, you know, it's like it's going to be like your worst dystopian movie come to life where there's real scarcity. There's too many people and there's, you know, scarce uh, resources. And, you know, what if the time comes where one of these countries says, hey, you know what, if you're not going to work, if we're not going to work together to save this planet, then... You know, maybe this world would be a better place without you. And and in the new coming AI tech era with, you know, nuclear weapons and everything else, the cyber tech world that we're moving towards. I mean, people, that, that war might look like the fucking Terminator, people. <laughs> that might be the end. When, when machines become self-aware. Because humans were too stupid to realize that the fighting is going to destroy us eventually as time marches on and technology progresses. Here's a guy that has an interesting perspective. I would, I would call this more of a, of a left-wing pers perspective, perspective, if I can talk, if I can spit it out. And I found it to be quite interesting. This guy raises a point on this topic that is quite interesting. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about it afterwards. So take a listen to this. The third world is not poor. You don't go to poor countries to make money. There are very few poor countries in this world. Most countries are rich. The Philippines are rich. Brazil is rich. Mexico is rich. Chile is rich. Only the people are poor. But there's billions to be made there, to be carved out and to be taken. There's been billions for 400 years. The capitalist European and North American powers have carved out and taken the timber, the flax, the hemp, the cocoa, the rum, the tin, the copper, the iron, the rubber, the bauxite, the slaves, and the cheap labor. They have taken out of these countries. These countries are not underdeveloped, they're overexploited. And there it is, my fellow Americans. You want to teach your kids something important? You want, to, you, you want to teach your kids why it's important for them to develop themselves and perfect themselves to the best of their abilities, to look inwardly, to fight themselves, to push themselves, to challenge themselves, to learn, to grow, to achieve, in hopes of them being able to take the reins of this experiment in America. 
and being able and be able to pass down to the next generation. Because that that was a gentleman named Michael Parenti. He was a, he is a political scientist that was from a speech he gave in 1986. And he's absolutely right, people. A war on scarcity, I think, is bullshit. Charlie Chaplin said in his speech in the Greek, uh, that Greek dictator movie that I played for you guys previously, you know, the world is rich and it can provide for everybody. But the people are poor. Doesn't matter if it's a capitalist society, doesn't matter if it's a socialist, communist, doesn't matter, matter if it's a dictatorship. A monarchy, an autocracy, an oligarchy, a theocracy. It doesn't matter. Human nature dictates that the few that find themselves in positions of power for whatever reason, maybe they 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 or, uh, maybe they took their power by conquest, maybe they took it by consent. <laughs> you know, maybe they were born into a, a bloodline of power and influence. The controllers of this world, the gatekeepers. And people, that's what's happening in the United States right now. Thomas Jefferson once said, if the American people ever allow the federal government to control their issue of currency then their sons and daughters will grow up, I'm sorry, then the banks and corporations that will grow up around them will rob them until they're homeless and penniless on the continent that their fathers conquered. There are real problems in this world happening right now. And half of the reason, if not more than half of the reason, that it seems like such a, an obstacle, so, you know, something so difficult and nearly impossible to be solved and to be overcome is because of the coddling of the American mind. Go read that book. That's part of it. What they're teaching in public schools, that's part of it. Go back to the origins of this country. Research the John Dewey school system. Go back and listen to the episodes where I talk about what the point of it was. They want you to be passive, non-thinking, automaton, obedient, workers. Just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork. And just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay the more hours, the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it, no benefits, and now they're coming for your social security. They want your retirement money so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know what? They're going to get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club. And you and I, my fellow Americans, you and I are not in it. The sooner we all get that through our thick fucking skulls. 
the sooner we can start working together. Side by side. One American. One America. All American citizens from all walks of life that believe in the founding principles of religious freedom, self-government. And the only way you can have self-government, people, is to develop yourself, to learn, to grow, to achieve, to create an operation big enough that you are fortunate enough and have been blessed enough to be able to provide for others. That is the most noble thing any human being could ever do on this planet. And if any one of you continue to message me or email me and tell me how stupid I am for talking about and believing in and defending capitalism, I'm going to... Breathe, Andrew. The disconnect from your feeble puny little brain is both sad and should be humiliating to you. Capitalism is what you are going to be doing as soon as we no longer have capitalism. As, as soon as we no longer have a civilization. We're going to go back to being hunter-gatherers. It's going to be a Nietzschean will to pow power world it's going to be survival of the fittest. And if you aren't strong enough and smart enough to adapt and overcome, then I'm sorry. The Darwin Award goes to you. And the weak, stupid, and pathetic are probably going to be... And maybe that's part of perfecting the species. Maybe that's why all these rich assholes are trying to control the populations, perfect the human genome. Get rid of all the things that hurt us and kill us and all the things that are undesirable. Just like in Brave New World. Just like in, what's that uh, that uh, J uh, Richard Lankladder movie, Gattaca, with Ethan Hawke and um, what's the English guy? I forget his name. Where, you know, you, you, you need a pass. You got to be, you know, in it's pretty much a big club. If you're, if you're not part of the elite perfected humans then you know nobody ain't, nobody's got love for you and that's kind of where we're going the future is not looking bright and if you continue to paper over and overprotect your children to the point where they grow up being the next stupid idiot social justice warrior Living in mom's basement till they're 35 years old. I know, you know, I probably shouldn't say that now because a lot of you, you know, like like that Charlie Kirk clip I played for you guys, you know, a lot of you don't have any choice anymore. And I know. And you know what? I might be right there not too far behind if things keep continuing down the road that they've been going. I'm by no means in the rich and, uh, uh, and, and upper classes, you know, I'm I'm a worker and an aspiring entrepreneur that could easily be destroyed by the next lockdown, the the next you know exercise of government overreach. It's scary. It's a scary world we're living in. It's only getting worse, and the more you candy coat it and sugarcoat it for your kids, the more fucked we're all gonna be.
sooner or later. And, you know, something I really want to talk about uh, on this topic of my fellow Americans not wanting to grow up and understand reality and understand the way the world works. Um, I'm recording this just a couple days after Kabul, Afghanistan fell to the Taliban because President Biden, in his infinite wisdom, him and Kamala Harris and whoever else was involved, uh, decided to pull out as promised, right? As promised by the Trump administration and carried out uh, under the Biden administration. So it doesn't matter what party of your two favorite establishment parties were in office. Both sides of the aisle were planning on leaving Afghanistan. And let me ask you a question. What, what have we been doing there? For 20 years. If the minute the United States pulled out, there's no government in place, there's no, like, some, you know, some semblance of a democratic society uh, on the horizon at all, the ability to, you know, for takeover to happen by the Taliban and other, you know, extremist terrorist parties uh, that want Sharia law in place, that is very, very um, you know, it, it's pretty much women are slave are slaves to the men there, and the religious clerics run the show. I mean, I hope you've learned something, my fellow Americans, from this experience. All of you people saying, "Oh, we should just get out of Af Afghanistan. We should stop being the world police and run around the world stomping uh, on heads and crushing skulls and being bullies just to get what we want," right? Has it ever occurred to you, people, that maybe some of what the military does is actually good and actually keeping the peace in this world? I hope you've learned from this experience how bad things can get as soon as the United States, who is, who, who has been asked, tasked to police the world in certain ways and in certain respects through agreements and treaties with other countries that have said, you know, we cannot protect ourselves from evil forces in this world, so we're asking you. And out of the kindness of our hearts, we have obliged. I've talked about this previously. Or, you know, do we have to do that? Are there other countries in the world, you know, as, um, you know, chivalrous, and generous as we are here in the United States of America. You know, Western ideals, Western philosophies, a Western way of life. That's what some of these people are living in Afghanistan right now. That's what they want. They want our kind of life. They want freedom. They want to be able to write their own ticket. They want religious freedom. They don't want to be crushed by people that believe differently than them and they have to be subjected to that simply because these fundamentalist religious people are the people in power. That's why this stuff matters. That's why having a worldview matters and why it's so important. That's why knowing what the fuck you are talking about before you start talking matters. And that's why it's so important. If you don't know what's going on on the world stage and you want to criticize from a purely American perspective, you're ignorant. 
you are fulfilling the stereotype that the rest of the world has about we Americans. Stupid, ignorant, coddled, weak, immature sheep easily led to the slaughter. You really want that to be what the rest of the world thinks of you and me, my fellow Americans? Is that really what you want the rest of the world thinking? What if one day they decide, hey, you know what? We don't share the values of these people. And you know what? We think we would be doing the world a favor by getting rid of them and wiping them off the face of the planet. You know that uh, Ahmadinejad in Iran said that that's what he wanted to do to Israel. If he got his hands on nuclear weapons, he'd want to wipe them off the planet. These people are out there in the world. People. And you have it so good in the United States of America that you get to conveniently forget the realities of this world. You're the most propagandized, brainwashed, mind-controlled group of moron human beings that this world has ever seen. It's embarrassing and it's disgraceful. The rest of the world is laughing at us. Keep electing these Republicans and these Democrats, people. Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and being so fucking stupid enough to expect a different result. It's gross. It's disgusting. The cult of anti-intellectualism, it's gross. It makes me sick. And it will probably be the reason for the fall of the American Empire. And I'm getting to the point where I kind of feel like, you know what? Maybe we deserve it. Maybe we deserve to have the lifestyle, the opulence, the standard of living that we get to enjoy here in the United States, regardless of how it's kept, how it was achieved, how it was maintained. If you can't even look at it and understand and see it for how good of a situation it is for a human being in this life when compared to how things are in other countries around this world, then you're walking through life. If you can't see it, people, you're walking through life with blinders on, having tunnel vision, a stupid, coddled, weak, immature, pathetic American idiot in the words of Billy Joe and Green Day. I really hope you guys can find some respect for the military. I really hope you guys can find some respect for the police. The good guys. The good guys on the police force. The good guys and gals in the military. Guys and gals, sorry, guys and gals. The good people. The good men and women. That lace up their boots and put on a uniform and go to work every day risking their lives for you. Pathetic idiots. I really hope we find some gratitude. I'm going to drop it. I know I'm getting redundant. This stuff gets me hot. This whole Afghanistan situation. I saw the video of the people jumping on the plane and then the plane takes off and then they drop to their inevitable death because that's how bad it is. That's how bad they know it's going to get in that country. Now that the United States is gone and the Taliban is back. And I want to know where all the money went. Where did the money go? 
Where'd the money go? Department of Defense. Military Industrial Complex. Where's the money? Where's the tax money? Or did you fund it with illegal, you know, wars? Like, oh, I don't know, maybe, you know, slaying an opium from Afghanistan. Maybe that's why we were there for 20 years. <laughs> you don't think some CIA drug trafficking situation wasn't a part of that? <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that idiot bar. If you believe that shit, people. I mean, I hope you. I hope we're learning. I hope we're learning. I'm gonna kind of have a somber attitude about this because I'm I'm very very disappointed in the response to the Afghanistan situation that I've been hearing from my friends, from my family, from my neighbors, from the TV, from co-workers just I'm hearing people talking about it and it's just like wow it's over it's over it's over it's like Chomsky said you know that's how you control opinion and you man and you manufacture consent is that is that you you severely you know constrict what's allowed to be talked about but within that realm you allow for lively debate and that's what the whole purpose of the media is you know, hey, we're this is the this is the framing of the situation, and now here's a side for or against discuss, and that's all you see on TV. You don't see the bigger picture. You see the manipulation. You see the sales pitch, so that you go along with it. You know, the tyrant doesn't, you know, provide the tyranny. You, you you provide the tyranny to yourself by obeying, by complying, by believing the show, the bullshit government propaganda Kool-Aid that they expect you to believe. And, you know, maybe, maybe in the future, maybe there will be wars of scarcity uh, changing directions here real quick because I told you guys I was going to talk about that new... Uh, you know, code red for humanity uh, article. Let's get into it. Uh, Associated Press: Earth's climate is getting so hot that temperatures in about a decade will probably blow past a level of warming that world leaders have sought to prevent, according to a report released Monday that the United Nations called a code red for humanity. Probably, you know. And, you know, this is going to require world government. <laughs> it's just guaranteed that it's going to get worse, quote-unquote, said report co-author Linda Mearns, uh, senior climate scientist at the U.S. Uh, National Center for Atmospheric Research. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. But scientists also eased back a bit on the likelihood of the absolute worst climate catastrophes. The authoritative intergovernmental panel on climate change <laughs> report, which calls climate change clearly human-caused and unequivocal, makes more precise and warmer forecasts for the 21st century than it did last time it was issued in 2013. Yep, you know, the doomsayers are just keep do they just keep doomsaying how many times how how long have we been hearing about climate change now people? The climate changes by nature. It always has, it always will have uh, the actions of humanity made it a dent and sped things up. Yeah, maybe slightly. 
But when compared to the grand scheme of things over the course of history, it's still, you know, comparable. So, and that's the story we've been hearing for years and years and years, right? Well, now they're turning up the octane. They're turning up the volume a little bit. Code red, people, for humanity. Each of five scenarios for the future, based on how much carbon emissions are cut, passes the more stringent of two thresholds set in the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement. Hmm. Is that the same Paris Climate Agreement that uh, President Trump withdrew us from? Now all of a sudden we're back in and now, oh, doom and gloom. I don't know. It's curious. World leaders agreed that uh, then to try to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Uh, hold on, this is continued on page A8. Let me go find it. Uh, levels in the late 20, I'm sorry, the late 19th century, because problems mount quickly after that, the world has already warmed nearly 1.1 degrees Celsius in the past century and a half. Under each scenario, the report said the world will cross the 1.5 Celsius warming mark in the 2030s, earlier than some past predictions. Warming has ramped up in recent years, the data shows. Okay, and I think I just heard somewhere else recently someone said that we might be entering a mini ice age uh, because of this at some point. So, uh, you know, it's it's scary. I'm not going to say it's not, you know, concerning. You know, trust the scientists, right? I mean, who knows? Uh... Our report shows that we need to be prepared for going into that level of warming in the coming decades, but we can avoid further levels of warming by action on greenhouse gas emissions, said report co-chair Valerie Mason Delmont, a climate scientist at France's Laboratory of Climate and Environmental Sciences at the University of Paris Saclay. Okay, so world scientists are in agreement, people. Something to consider. Maybe we will, and maybe we already are seeing moves towards cleaner fuels. I don't know, maybe. Do we need a big uh, worldwide bureaucracy uh, controlling it and pulling all the levels, all the levers, and making all the important decisions? I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But we'll see. In three scenarios, the world will also likely exceed 2 degrees Celsius over pre-industrial times. The other less stringent Paris goal with far worse heat waves, droughts, and flood-inducing downpours, unless deep reductions in carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gas emissions occur in the coming decades. The report tells us that recent changes in the climate are widespread, rapid, and intensifying, unprecedented, mm, that's a good word, in thousands of years, says IPCC Vice Chair Co. Barrett, Senior Climate Advisor for the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric administration. The 3,000 plus page report from 234 scientists said warming is already accelerating sea level rise and worsening extremes such as heat waves, droughts, floods, and storms. Tropical cyclones are getting stronger and wetter while Arctic sea ice is dwindling in the summer and permafrost is thawing. They're saying that the world is already quote locked in unquote to a 6 to 12 inch increase in sea level rise by mid-century. Hmm. So who knows, maybe maybe before we get to uh, Terminators in the Matrix, 
uh, we'll live in Waterworld. Maybe we won't even get the chance. <laughs> uh, I don't know, people. As the planet warms, places will get hit more, not just by extreme weather, but by multiple climate disasters at once. That's like what's now happening in the western United States, where heat waves, drought, and wildfires compound the damage. Extreme heat is also driving massive fires in Greece and Turkey. I think there was just fires in Canada, too. I don't know, people. Starting to get uh, clearer by the day. Here's what our climate czar, John Kerry, Bonesman, had to say about it. Quote, the impacts of the climate crisis from extreme heat to wildfires to intense rainfall and flooding will only continue to intensify unless we choose another course for ourselves and generations to come, of course. What the world requires now is real action. All major economies must commit to aggressive climate action during this critical decade. It's coming, people. Lockdowns are coming back. You know, energy is going to start getting restricted. You know, and it's not going to be a conversation of left versus right, socialism versus, uh, socialism versus capitalism anymore. Maybe we are going to a world of scarcity, of scarce resources. You know, Mad Max kind of stuff. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Crazy. Um... Today, this episode, people, is entitled, I Don't Want to Grow Up. And like I said, I really hope that we learn from this whole Afghanistan thing. And people, just realize what happens in this world when the United States, you know, fails. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but fails. We, we failed in Afghanistan. And it's because of ignorance and stupidity. It's because of human folly. It's because humans are fallible creatures. And it's because when ego and pride are still in the way for our benevolent leaders, quote-unquote, this stuff can happen. You know, nuclear disaster is only a hair-trigger idiot's decision away from mutually assured destruction, people. We are living in unprecedented times, right? <laughs> How many of you are sick and tired of hearing that, right? But we are. And, and you know, and the entire world's in debt to somebody. Who are we in debt to? What do you know about Portugal? And do you know that we are bankrupt right now? I know that you and where I live, Ireland, yes, we're all bankrupt. We, we all owe billions of dollars and billions of whatevers to somebody. I'm not sure who it is we owe it to. But there's somebody out there who's, uh, who must be really pissed off. Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, the Americans owe something like $300 trillion to somebody. Who is it? Who did it? Is it to him? This is one of the guys. Yeah, is this something to do with your... Okay, one of the guys. Um, but, but, but do you understand who we owe no, this money no. to? to the bank guys, to five families. But who are these bank guys? The, the five families. Why don't they stand up, come here, and we can say, Hello. sit down, <laughs> let's talk about this, you know. A, a nice chat. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you see, um, as a successful man, this war between a kind of 
philosophical war between the north uh, countries of Europe to the south, uh, to as peaks, the, the new as peaks, Portugal, Ireland, Greece, Spain, and Italy. This south. The well, problem of Europe is the South people, they don't like to work. Well, you see, I, I think we all work too much. I think that we've been, we've been brainwashed into being told that we have to spend all our lives working. We never used to do that, not before the Industrial Revolution. I mean, one would sort of, you know, the Irish, for instance, they would plant their potatoes in the, uh, I suppose it would be the sort of winter, in the, in the autumn, they'd plant their seed potatoes, and then they would sit and they would drink and they would sing and they would eat and they would wait for the potatoes to come up. And then, you know, that was their life. Uh, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with it in, in Spain? Uh, going to sleep for three hours in the afternoon. It's wonderful. It's so civilized. But we are, you see, the problem is that in the north, like, um, you know, Germany and not France, because France is in a terrible mess, but it, it, you know, England, we're, we're, we're told that we are put on this planet to work and we work from eight o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night or whatever and, and if we're lucky we have a saturday off and a sunday off and then we can go and buy things um, but i don't think that's how life should be and a lot of a lot of countries i mean germany for instance you know has lent lots of people lots of money and well they're very stupid to have done that <laughs> because it's very clear i that think germany has a plan I think they have a plan too. Yes. I think they, they tried it militarily twice yes. and, and, and they didn't win. And so now they thought, well, we'll do it economically. Yes. And we'll just, you know, lend everybody. It's an old trick, isn't it? Yes. Shylock did it in Merchant of Venice. Lend, 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 and then say, now I want it back. <laughs> oh, you can't pay. Well, give me this. Give me that. Give me give your me house. Your life. Give me your life. Give me your country. And I think we have to say, sorry. Yeah, wow. So that was Jeremy Irons, actor, on a Portuguese talk show. And uh, I don't know if you caught it in there, but the guy kind of answered Jeremy Irons while he was talking. It was kind of under his breath, but who do we owe money to? And he said, the five families. Hmm. The five families. Interesting. I wish he would have expounded on that for all of us, but he didn't. Um, but I liked what Jeremy Irons had to say there. I thought it was quite interesting. You know, Chomsky said that uh, in that podcast I played on Chomsky where, you know, where he said that, you know, having a job and working for somebody else was, you know, you know, was destroyed a person's dignity. Uh, back before the Industrial Revolution in the 1800s. You were expected to be self-sufficient. You were expected to be a homesteader and be able to farm your own land and raise your own livestock and, you know, fend for yourself, defend yourself, live off the land, educate your kids, grow up. You know, that may, and I've said it in a previous podcast, you know, maybe that's a, a more pure way for humans to live. You know, maybe this civilized world isn't really that civilized. And maybe it's even going to get worse and worse. Maybe it's even going to get less and less civilized. 
unless we all wake up and realize that there are realities in this world that we do not know about that would blow our minds and probably make us lose all faith in life and humanity if we were to learn those things. But I disagree with that with that analysis. I feel like the more you know, the more you're going to want to know so that you can make the best decisions. Don't you want to know what's really going on? Don't you want to know what the point is? Don't you want to know at the end of your life that, hey, you know what? I didn't waste my life. I actually focused my life on doing the things that actually mattered and are actually important. Don't you want to feel that way? Do you want to be laying on your deathbed staring at the ceiling with nothing but regret? I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And that's what I urge you all to think about. You know, growing up is required, people, in a free society. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. A lot of you are lucky enough to be a coddled, spineless, coward who never has to take a side, who never has to grow up, who can just party and, you know, play games and, you know, enjoy their life away, never never having to take responsibility for their actions, never feeling a part of the team, never feeling like they have a vested interest, never feeling like they have a responsibility to their fellow men and women. They'd rather live off of you. You know, the, the, the state is the great experiment where everyone endeavors to live at the expense of everyone else. I think that was Bastiat. I can't remember who said that quote, but that's kind of what it is. Everybody wants to pass the buck. Everybody wants to put the cost on somebody else so that they can live their opulent, coddled, easy, convenient, amazing life. You know, and I don't know if I don't know if we deserve it. I don't know if a lot of you deserve it. Maybe you need to lose it so that you know that you fucked up. You don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Maybe it's time for us to learn. Maybe it's time for each and every one of you to understand that if you if you really want a great equalizer, it's coming, people. It's going to be the powers that be versus the rabble, the goyim, the the bewildered herd, the uneducated, unwashed masses. That's how these rich elites think about you. <laughs> the proles, the proletariat, the plebes, the peasant class, the worker bees, the slaves. It's been that way throughout history. The point I'm trying to make, people, is I just hope you have a little gratitude and a little thanks. And, you know, and, and you know, stop and smell the roses. Enjoy your life. Enjoy it as much as you can right now, people, because pretty soon there's a real good chance your great, amazing American life is going to go away. Probably forever. And... You know, it's going to be all of our faults. We all get to share in the blame 
if that day comes. Just saying. <laughs> Whew. Man, that was deep and dark, huh? Whatever happened to sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. <laughs> now words hurt, right? Now words are violence, people. Speech is violence. Aw, speech is violence. Oh, God, I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening to this country, but whew, I hope it turns around soon. Send me an email, andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. Check out the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Look me up on Twitter and Instagram, andrewforamerica. That's it. This has been episode 56 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I don't want to grow up. <laughs> well, I hope you do. I hope you do, people. For you, for me, for all of us. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>